do you want to see? How can you really make that community better? Well, you know, that passion would translate as to how can I really work throughout my career, really build something, create something new that's really going to strategically and also rationally change the community that I came from. Welcome to Off the Top, where Black excellence dwells. All right, let's get right into it. Today, we are honored to be gathering knowledge from Mr. Corey Beasley. Mr. Beasley is a mechanical engineer, still blazing trails to get to his dreams and complete freedom. Listen, learn, and connect to how he organizes his intentional forward motion. Okay, so thank you for joining us on another episode of Off the Top. And uh, today we got a special treat. What we're doing is we want to show you all different perspectives on how successful our Black people can be and are being. So we've talked, I had a few episodes on career perspectives. Now we're going to talk to some, some recent college graduates. And today I have the pleasure of uh, introducing you to Mr. Corey Beasley. Uh, not only is he an amazing young man, I've uh, been knowing him for quite some time through his relationship with our family, our son, uh, back to high school. So this is going to be a treat for me and it'll probably be a treat for you as well. So, hey, Corey, how you doing? I'm doing well. No, thank you for that. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So what I'll do is... Uh, let Corey take a few minutes to introduce himself and tell you where he are, where he is in his journey right now. No, for sure. Thank you. I can give a little bit of background. Um, like I say, first off, really excited to be here. Really excited to be able to talk on the podcast. And um, yeah, right now I'm currently a graduate student at Georgia Tech. I grew up, um, I grew up in Augusta, Georgia. It's about two hours east of Atlanta. And um, yeah, I went to school in Augusta, Georgia. I started off at Georgia Tech doing undergrad. I was really doing uh, mechanical engineering there for my bachelor's, and I graduated after that, and then I went over into my master's. I'm doing like the uh, like the four plus one program, so it's like you do an undergrad and then you do one more year for your master's degree. And outside of that, I've interned six different times, and I do a lot of stuff on campus. Man, that's pretty incredible. There's a lot going on there to unpack too, uh, because uh, you have a really strong journey. Um, Let's start out with a with a couple of questions about uh, life after high school. What was that transli- transition like for you as a freshman going into Georgia Tech? Honestly, it, it wasn't too bad. This might be the wrong way to kind of approach it, but my kind of I'm kind of like a bottom line person, so really my mindset was just you know I'm really here for a goal at the end of the day, and the goal is to you know. I mean, of course, like meet people along the way, form connections and get involved. But really at the end of the day, you're in school to basically kind of like get a job. Like you're gonna learn a whole lot of stuff, but you're really there to try to see how can you use that to best forward your career, use those connections, network with people, all of the above. So really, it was just kind of like my mindset, like, okay, in high school, you're here to make good grades to get into college. Now that you're in college, you're here to make good grades to get the best job opportunities. That was really how I approached it. And so 
with that being said, it was really not that much different from high school. Like I said, just as long as I was able to really make the grades that I needed to get to the next place, you know, I could kind of do everything else that I would do before I got to college. Like I said, it was just a bonus kind of being able to make a lot of friends, connect with different people, and then join organizations and stuff around school. You know, that was kind of like the bonus of everything. Mm-hmm. So what type of uh, activities or interests kind of prepared you for your college journey? That's a good question. So you mean like, like what type of stuff kind of before college prepared you to excel in college? Yes. Okay. I think about that one. To me, honestly, I, I can't even really say if anything in high school specifically gets you ready for college because it's, college is just like different than high school because you're, it's kind of set up different. You're going to meet with different people. Your classes are going to be focused on different things. It's just a lot different in structure. So I can't really say there was anything specifically in high school um, or kind of like before college that really prepares you to excel in college. I would say the best thing to do is really your mindset. Um, Whenever, like, before you do go to college, really kind of take some time to figure out, you know, what is your plan? What do you want to get out of this experience? What tools are you going to utilize to really excel and do well in college? I would say high school is almost like a great experience for you to test stuff out. So if you know that you, if you know, like say this studying method works really well for you and you know, when you, when you're in high school and you study in this specific way, you always do really well on those exams. Mm-hmm. Try to take some of those same um, tactics that you did in high school and translate them over to college. So like I said, it's really not like a specific experience. I would say it's just more of kind of like your mindset utilizing, figure out how can you like take the best of what you did in high school and then implement that into college. And then likewise, for that, I would say, like, don't do the bad stuff in high school and college. Like, I'd go in high school, I would, like, I'd stay up till 4 a.m. eating ramen noodles and watching TV. And it was like, <laughs> I can't really do that at Georgia Tech and make, you know, make above a 3.0 still. So, like, to me, it's really just taking the best of what you did, but not doing the bad things as well. Well, you said quite a bit there, man. And I'm telling you, I really appreciate you sharing that with the young people. Uh, because the most impactful thing I heard you say is that you have to have a focused mindset. Um, and a lot of times our kids don't quite understand the depth of that, you know, cause you hear people telling them all the time, college is different, college is different, but they don't really go into exactly how or what you need to do to change your mindset to prepare. So what you're sharing is, is golden for sure. Really appreciate that. Yeah, of course. No, of course, no one, I don't want to say thank you for that. The, this this kind of scares some people when I tell people this, but like I said, it just really helped motivate me. A lot of times I would kind of use, again, just bottom line stuff to motivate me to do well in college. So for example, there's a thing in Georgia, I don't know, I'm sure you've heard about it, but it's called the Zell Miller Scholarship. Yes. Every state kind of has their own version of it, their own rendition of it. But the idea is if you can keep a certain GPA in college, you can maintain funding in school. Mm-hmm. So here at Georgia Tech, I think it's like if you can maintain a 3.3 GPA, all of your tuition is paid for. And the same goes for a lot of other schools. So mm-hmm. I kind of use that to encourage me, really. I just kept that in the back of my head, you know. And a lot of people kind of lose their scholarships their first year at Georgia Tech just because it's so intense. But I kind of use that as a driving force throughout my time in school. You know, the idea of I really have to kind of keep this GPA at this level or else I'm going to be out of a lot of money. I'm going to have to take out student loans, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to repay a lot of this debt. So really, if I could just, you know, whenever I'm taking a test, whenever I'm studying, if I needed some encouragement and motivation, just keep in mind, you know, 
there's a reason you're really doing this. And if you don't do this to the best of your ability, there will be consequences. Uh, another another kind of side of that is, like I said, you're really going to college to get a job at the end of the day. There's actually a proven and research correlation that shows the higher your GPA is, the better job opportunities you have upon graduating college. Not to say that if you don't get a good GPA, you're not going to have a good job opportunity, but I'm just saying there are going to be way more opportunities available to you based on how well you perform at school. So that's kind of like, that was for me, at least was kind of like factor number two that really drove me to, you know, say, how can I really, you know, stay motivated and put in as much effort as possible, kind of really be the best that I could be to make sure I had those opportunities when I graduated and can kind of get, you know, kind of really guide myself and, and guide my own destiny the best I could. Well, that's, that's really sage advice and uh, something that we like to tell our kids a lot of times, just kind of paraphrase is that uh, the better you perform, the broader your range of options to choose from when you have to make a transition from one stage to another. And especially we would tell that to, to our high school kids over and over and over again. It, it's not about satisfying your parents. It's about giving yourself the broadest range of opportunities you could possibly have when you walk out that door. And the same is true I, for I'm college. really glad you mentioned that. Yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm really glad you mentioned that too. That's one, that's one more thing I really want to hit on. You know, it's, I know it's when you're in high school, it's kind of like, you know, I'm doing this for my parents. Like I'm doing this to make mom and dad or mom or dad or whoever your guardian is happy, right? But mm-hmm. you got to realize kind of once you get to college, you know, you're in the real world for the most part. So you're not... You can do this to make somebody else happy, but you're really doing this for yourself. You know, it's like if you if you perform well in college, okay, well you get to make you know a 80k, 90k, 100k job potentially. Well, that's going to impact your life in the long run. You know, that's going to determine where you get to live, what type of lifestyle you get to have. I'm not into luxury things myself, but if you want to get that nice car, if you want you know if you like nice things, nice watches, well, that's really going to be a that's going to be a factor in how well you perform in school. So you're not doing this because you're trying to make your parents happier. You're not trying to succeed, you know, for somebody else. At this point, once you get to college, you know, you're really doing this to just give yourself the best lifestyle, really create your own future and control your destiny. So that's a big difference from high school as opposed to where in high school, yeah. you know, again, you're just trying to make good grades because that's what you're supposed to do. Definitely. Hey, Corey, one of the things that we found with uh, kids adjusting to going to college uh, and I want to get your feedback on this, uh, is that often there is a period of struggle where they're trying to reconcile the beliefs and values they learned at home. And then this whole new set of beliefs and values that they can come upon when they get to college. And it's a struggle for some kids. What are your thoughts on that? Honestly, my, the thing that I would say is, you know, just be very open to all experiences you can get in college because I'll definitely highlight this. I know I talked a lot about GPA and making these types of grades or, you know, just performing your best. But one of the other, like, kind of biggest aspects of being in college is all the different people you're going to get to meet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and you can learn a lot from those people. You know, when you think about high school or where you grew up, you know, you're kind of contained in a basket almost. You're going to be around. People who, you know, similar upbringings for the most part. I mean, you may have a few people that you might transfer to. You may even move high schools, but still you're at a small sample size. But when you get to college, you're going to come in touch with a whole bunch of different perspectives on lifestyle, learn about all different types of cultures, different types of people. And I would say really just take that as a learning experience. You know, how can you kind of really step out of your comfort zone and get 
there are going to be times where you're introduced with situations that you never would have thought you'd even be close to stepping into. And there's nothing wrong with actually, you know, like I said, embracing that fully, like getting the best out of that experience, because that's what it is at the end of the day. You know, just how could you take that opportunity to just really learn something new, get to know something that you didn't know previously. It's a really special time in life because you're going to get all those different perspectives. And I mean, and like I said, I, I haven't enjoyed it myself. I've tried out all these different foods. I've went to these different places, interacted with people I never thought I would even be able to talk to. And you really only can kind of experience the full benefits of that if you have that open mindset to doing so. Nice, nice, Mike, wonderful. I, I got one more question about that transition period, and I want to jump into some other things that you're doing in the present time. Uh, and that question is, uh, what was the toughest lesson you had to learn? The toughest lesson I had to learn. Think about that one. So I, I'll tell you right now, probably the toughest lesson was really kind of learning how to how to deal with things that aren't going the way that you intended to. I'll tell a bit of a story for this one, right? So. Like I said, I had gotten to school and kind of side piece. I didn't really mention this, but I grew up in Louisiana also. I got a whole lot of family in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. That's kind of like, that's where I really call home. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be in Georgia anyway. But um, <laughs> like I said, <laughs> Baton Rouge was real cool. So I grew up I grew up with a lot of oil and gas influence in my life. Like I have uncles that work at the chemical plants down in Louisiana. I have family in Houston and stuff. So when I got to school, I was like, you know, let me get a job opportunity in oil and gas because I was like, you know, they pay pretty well. I have connections down there. I could probably go home and see my family. So I did. So I worked at this company, kind of smaller oil company. And I spent my whole summer in Houston. That was the first summer there. And, you know, I, um, I did everything I was supposed to do. I did everything like they told me. I did the best I could. And I realized that I was having some conflict with the mentor that I had. Well, it turns out, and there are things called oil refineries. So oil refineries is kind of like a huge chemical plant where they have all different types of um, like stuff being produced. It's like a huge like chemical facility, pretty much. Mm -hmm. So my mentor, my mentor at the company I worked for was actually the refinery manager's daughter. So the manager is kind of like the big person over the whole plant, and this was the daughter of the manager. So the daughter had like a very um, kind of like a very mentality of like, I can do whatever I want. Like I treat people however I want. She was very kind of like, you know, she was used to people kind of bending over and like bending down, laying down, doing exactly what she said, whether it was right or it was wrong. And I've just kind of never been that person. Like I don't really do what other people want me to do. I'll do what I think is best for the situation. And so I wasn't really listening to a lot of the stuff she would say. Part of that was probably me being an intern. I felt like since I didn't work there permanently, I didn't actually have to listen to everything she said. But at the same time, we definitely had some disagreements on that level. Well, come the end of the summer, I didn't actually get a return offer. You know, like I said, I expected I was going to keep on working here, you know, like be close to home, make good salary. But like I said, they said, you know, Corey, we don't want you back here. And that was definitely a learning experience I had to figure out. Um, because at the end of the day, I realized, you know, it's not necessarily always about what you want to do, but it's about how can you, how can you really come into a situation, understand exactly what's going on, learn how to play with other people, like learn how to basically learn how to work with other people and learn those soft skills to help you get what you really do want at the end of the day. So like I said, I could go into the office every day and be like, I'm not listening to my mentor because I don't want to listen to anybody else. But sometimes I have to realize, you know, how can I best position myself or change my behavior 
to make sure that I do get what I want at the end of the day, which would be a return offer in that case. And that can apply to anything. You know, how are you really going to work with people to make sure you get what you actually want to get? Wow. Wow. That, that, uh, and this is just my opinion is that that was a defining moment of growth for you. Um, because what I heard you say, and I'm going to paraphrase is that you had to learn how to adjust, keeping in focus your, your ultimate goal, but adjust your behavior and mindset to still get to where you want to without compromising your values. And that, and that was exactly. the important part there. And um, we've had conversations on the show where kids go out into the work, <coughs> pardon me, kids go out to the workforce and they're sold on a mentality of give 110%, leave it all out on the field and sacrifice everything to get there, uh, which may be impressive in the short term, but it ends up costing you in the long run. Does it also oftentimes mean compromising your value system? So really appreciate you laying that out there like you did. That was wonderful. Yeah, and I'm sure people have said this a thousand times, you know, on the podcast or whenever you've spoken to people, but, you know, 90% of, 90% of your progression at work or the way that you're compensated, rewarded, acknowledged is going to come from how you interact with people. Mm -hmm. as opposed to how well you do your job. I mean, of course, you know, you have to meet the base level competency of whatever you're doing, but you're really going to see the people excel in the work environment. Those people who know how to connect with others effectively, those people who know how to, you know, make friends, influence others. It's really, people say this a lot of times, but it really does hold up in the workplace. It's all about who you know, as opposed to what you know. Now, again, that doesn't mean that you can go into the workforce and do a horrible job with your actual mm. task that you're doing. But again, as long as you, the biggest thing that you really want to focus on is those soft skills, how can you really work with other people effectively? So that's going to make the biggest difference. Yes. It's in the relationships are key and authentic relationships. I, I want to add on to that are important too, <laughs> for sure. Of course. For sure. So, so Corey, um, I want to talk in a metaphor for a second there. If you had to use a metaphor to describe your journey, um, keeping in mind where you're trying to get to, what would that metaphor look like or sound like? Man, you know, I'm terrible at metaphors. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm really bad. I'm really bad at I don't like expressing things in a metaphor. But I will, I will share something because I wrote it down not too long ago. I don't know if this constitutes as a metaphor, but um, there are a few principles throughout my time, and I can dive into each one of these, but just throughout my whole journey in college, you know, getting from point A to point B, beginning of high school, there were a few different principles that I kind of have learned, but also kept at the forefront of my, um, the forefront of what I've been doing to make sure that I was able to succeed in the way I wanted to. And I'll go through those real quick. The first one is um, being able to leverage effectively the second is knowing how to utilize synergy. The third is recognizing your support. The fourth is being assertive. The fifth is having duplicity of being able to do two things at once that are seemingly unrelated. The sixth is the ability to be a master, have mastery over the material that you're working with. The sixth is being um, 
not always going your own way, essentially being able to go against the grain in certain circumstances. The seventh is knowing how to exploit things that would typically hurt other people, but use those to your advantage. And then the eighth is being able to know how to really focus in on what you've done. So if you have a lot of different stuff you've really been working on, how can you really take the best part of what you've been doing and use that to create a greater product? I think I said eight, not nine there. But yeah, if I had to kind of like the expression of a lot of the principles I really use to kind of drive myself throughout school, those are kind of the eight that I like to say I go by. I really dig those principles, man. I'm looking forward to the book that kind of lays out in detail what each of those principles represent for you. That's going to be awesome. <clears throat> so, uh, what's the next level of attainment that you're shooting for? Honestly, I think. This is, this is kind of more in the philosophy, I guess, but I feel like everybody should kind of have one central goal of their life. So whether you, you know, everybody's can be different. Your goal might be you want to travel the world and go to every different country. I knew one of my friends, he said, you know, my goal is to basically go to every single beach in the world, <laughs> you know, before I get old and I can't do so. I was like, that's a pretty cool goal. Some people's goal is to get back to their family, you know. And you can have different goals. My central goal is overall really is how can I um, how can I really achieve freedom with whatever, however that can be interpreted by you. So for me, it's really financial freedom. I grew up having a decent amount of money, but I also grew up in a situation to where I recognize that money can stop you from living the lifestyle that you want, for example. And I really wanted to be able to, you know, kind of kind of break out of that cycle. You know, how can I obtain freedom to a place in which I can really do whatever I wanted to? not have to fear the repercussions. If I wanted to, you know, live my life to the fullest per se, if I wanted to get up tomorrow, fly to Tokyo for a few days or weeks or even months, how can I really do that without having to worry about that negatively impacting my life, either financially or socially, whatever the case may be. So really, I'm, I'm really just trying to figure out how can I kind of engage in many different endeavors to make sure that I can secure that type of freedom in the future. It goes along with one of the principles I just mentioned, but that's kind of what I'm looking at now. How can I really have multiple incomes, multiple incomes, but also multiple options, as many opportunities as possible? So, for example, right now I'm doing grad school. So, you know, I finish up grad school. Hopefully that will give me a job that I really enjoy and I can get income from there. Or you should have other stuff on the side that you have going for you, like other doors that can be opened up to different opportunities. So I'm working on a business right now. That's something that I want to do as well. So, you know, let's just say, Worst case scenario, the job doesn't work out in my favor. Well, I have something else that I can do to really push myself forward. So I have the business. I'm also trying to teach people about stuff. So I want to, that's another avenue in which I could, you know, influence people, make money, and attain that goal of freedom. So really, as far as next steps, that's just what it is for me, just how can I kind of keep as many opportunities open, always have a better plan, and always have a different plan. Uh, the wise rat only has two holes. Mm. I like that. <clears throat> And, and you said something there that I, I want to roll back to is that you had an ultimate goal of financial freedom. And that is really a great way to approach it because you know, in life, there is a destination, but there's many paths to get to that destination. So now it's up to you having defined that as your ultimate goal is to now define clearly what pathways you expect are going to get you there and start developing strategies for those pathways. You've mentioned multiple streams of income. 
which I think is very important. And, and you're never too young to start talking about that. What was it that made that important to you? Ooh. I'm trying to I'm trying to think or I'm trying to remember. You know, it was like I said, that's just kind of the type of person I am. Like I'll look at a system or I'll look at the way that things are supposed to work. And then I'll look at the people who specifically kind of beat the system. You know, you can take a hundred people, just hypothetically, you could have a hundred people, put them in a situation. They're always going to be outliers. They're going to be those people who kind of beat out the rest of the hundred. Those people that have that one extra bit of knowledge or experience, leverage, they can utilize to kind of, you know, perform better than other people. This, like I said, this is just my thing personally, but when I kind of looked at, you know, just everybody, the grander scheme of things, and I looked at the goal of financial freedom, I realized that those who did exceptionally well in life were those who made smart decisions with their money. Like mm -hmm. I said, this is very tailored to the idea of, you know, how can you be successful in a certain way? But I realized that those who invest their money effectively really kind of get to see better benefits further down the line. I know that there are so many different metaphors and examples, you know, like, hey, if you invest $100 every single day until you're 50, you'll be a multimillionaire or whatever. I know there are so many different things that kind of say that type of thing, but there is a lot of truth behind it. If you can learn how to effectively invest your money, um, you know, at the age you are now as a younger person, not spend on stuff that isn't really going to impact your life for the better, you'll see yourself to have better benefits in the future. And I know that, you know, the original question kind of came down to, you know, why did you take this path or what you, what made you really want to live the life that you do the way that you do it? And that's my thing. Like I said, investing was just one of the few ways that I found I could kind of consistently beat out other people at my level. If you learn how to, while 90, about 90% of everybody else is spending their money on cars and clothes and games, that 10%, myself included, who is investing their money to essentially grow what they currently have, are going to be able to buy nicer cars, better clothes, cooler games in the future. Not saying it's all about money by any means, but again, this is just an example of how I really think that, you know, anybody can kind of look at a situation and see how can they be in that top percentage of the people in that situation and what tools can you use to kind of put yourself above other people. And that's very important. And uh, young folks need to hear that more and more frequently. It's never too early to start investing. <clears throat> but that investing has to have a purpose. You're, you're not investing for the short term. You're investing for those ultimate goals that's going to give you what you want, financial freedom in your case. So now if you want to purchase something, you can. If you want to invest in something, you can. If you want to influence a cause, you can because you have the financial freedom to go ahead and do those things. But it has to follow underneath that all of the plant planning that's involved. And I think one of the things that I really enjoy about you is that you, you have a, a strategic mind. You, you can set an end goal, but you can also really kind of visualize the milestones it's going to take to get to that end goal as well. And it sounds like you've been implementing a lot of those strategies that you've developed. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, man. No doubt. So, um, if you were to say that you had a passion, what would that be? Oh, that's a good question. I would really say, just to sum it all up in just one thing, kind of, uh -huh. I would really say, um, 
this this might sound cliche, but really kind of like building, creating things is my passion. How can you kind of like build something and make it grow or create something that's different um, than what previously exists in the world today? So that can, like I said, that can take on so many different mediums, but how are you really going to kind of leave behind a legacy through something that you created effectively? So like I said, I, I just kind of put that into a little bit more context. If you're talking about maybe a community, right? You know that you grew up in a certain situation, you know that you have a community that exists right now, and you want to see how can you really make that community better? Well, you know, that passion would translate as to how can I really work throughout my career, really build something, create something new that's really going to strategically and also rationally change the community that I came from. You know, I have, I, I think of it like, you know, you have a certain amount of time throughout your career to really impact other people really create something that's going to change the world that you live in. So how can you really take all the resources that you have, all the tools that you have, and not only put yourself in a position to where you can create something that changes the world, but how can you effectively do so um, through what you have learned? So if I really had to say, like, I have a passion for things, it really is just kind of how can I, like, create something different, create something new that hasn't hasn't already been done before, if that makes sense. And, and this is kind of like an extension of that as well. When I, when I was even kind of like choosing schools, and this might sound extreme to some people, but when I was choosing schools or choosing jobs, I would consistently kind of try to do stuff that hadn't been done before. So like I had a I had an opportunity to go to Georgia Tech, but I had a couple other good schools that I could have gone to as well. And I actually didn't decide to go to those schools just because somebody else in my family had already been to that school before. I felt like I'd be traveling some, I'd be traveling a path that was already kind of taken or a path that I'd already kind of seen the ins and outs of. And again, to me, that's just kind of like another piece of, you know, being passionate about creating something that's different for you and doing something that really nobody else has kind of done. And then how can you effectively do so and really bring the benefits of it for yourself and for others? Yeah, I really love the uh, the freedom of creativity in, in what you said. And also uh, that you emphasize giving back to your community as an example of taking that creativity and helping rebuild the community that you came from as opposed to what we see often is that you make yourself successful and then you run as far away from the community as you possibly can, you know? <laughs> and uh, it's a great segue into, you know, just me adding that one of the things that we're gonna do at our prep academy is emphasize, you know, social awareness, community involvement and developing projects to help young kids figure out how they can best, you know, collaboratively reinvest in the communities that they came from now you know, just right. to give them the foundation right. to understand how to do that <clears throat> okay so here we're coming up to our closing questions here and this has been such a great journey with you man i really appreciate it but what we ask people um is to look at five years from now where you expect to be right and kind of visualize that uh, you've done everything the way you said you were going to do it. You've attained the goal. You're living where you want to live. All those factors have born into fruition. What was the one habit that you had to let go of to achieve that? That's a, that's a good one. And first off, thank you for the time. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed having the time to be able to speak to you and but hopefully influence some people with some of the stuff that I've said. But um, one thing that I really had to let go of, I think, 
think I would say, I think I would say like sticking to a structure or not being flexible. Um, I've never really been this type of person, but if I was this type of person, it would have really kind of hindered me from getting to where I am today. A lot of times people have a plan and people think that like things have to be exactly like you expect, like things have to go exactly as planned, but you've got to realize that, or you have to be able to realize that flexibility is so important because there are going to be so many pivotal points in your life where you just have something that you expect to happen and it just doesn't hold up. It could be a relationship that you think is going to continue and it could end in a breakup. It could be a job that you think you're very secure in and you could be fired a few months later. It could even be, you know, I've even seen people have opportunities to do certain things and the opportunity was rescinded or yanked from them for whatever reason. Typically COVID is, COVID is kind of like threw a, a wrench in everybody's plans, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say, honestly, that'd be the one thing I kind of had to let go of the idea of, you know, things are supposed to turn out this way because I expect them to turn out this way. But instead, kind of realize, you know, you really have to be flexible to um, to adapt to the situation and really capitalize off of something that hasn't gone the way that you expected it to. Nice. And ladies and gentlemen, there you have it from none other than Mr. Corey Beasley, uh, mechanical engineer, future entrepreneur, future author, future motivational speaker. I see all those great things in him and much, much more as he goes on his path to financial freedom. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in with us and you have an amazing, amazing day. Take care, Corey. No, thank you for the time. It's been awesome. No, right. Okay. 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 Nice. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to our guest, Mr. Corey Beasley. What an extraordinary young brother. Yes, it was absolutely a treat to be able to sit with a young person that's focused, has intention, and definitely has plotted out a plan for his life. Okay, that's that hits some really good points. Um, because first of all, let's talk about the 4-1 track he's on. Okay. Uh, the 4-1 track, and I didn't know this, mm-hmm. uh, you do your BA at Georgia Tech. Then you do an additional year and you have an, a master's. Mm-hmm. You walk out in five years with a master's. So I don't know how many of our kids know about the 4-1 track, but whatever school you're at, ask them about a 4-1 track. Absolutely. Um, I also like that he said he was a bottom line person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bottom line, he's, he's going to work toward his goal. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that's going to waver him from it. He has no issue with that. And I I can appreciate that. Yeah. And what I really liked about the bottom line was his perspectives that, you know, what do I need to do to get to the next level? I need to do these three things. Okay. Those three things are what I'm going to do. That's the bottom line right there. Yes. And, and, and I really respect him for that. I also liked, um, how he spoke about the mindset uh, versus preparation from high school. Yes. yes. That was huge to Mm -hmm. me because you can get as much information as you need from high school, but if your mind ain't right, if Mm -hmm. it's not set to where you need it to be, it's not going to work. It's not going to work at all. I really like that. 
What about you, sir? One of the other things I really enjoyed was his contribution about uh, financial literacy for our young people. Yes. And having them to understand that it's never too early and it's important if you want to live the lifestyle that you desire. Yes. We're really grateful yes. that he pulled that to the surface. Yes. <laughs> the avoidance of debt. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a powerful motivator. That's, a, that's <clears throat> a powerful motivator. And there uh, he made it perfectly clear um, that he utilized um, the program in Augusta that pays for your tuition as long as you maintain a 3.0. Mm -hmm. Hope Scholarship. Hope yeah. Scholarship. Was it, I thought he said Miller, too. Okay, yeah. Well, Zell Miller. Zell Miller. Yeah, Zell, yeah. yeah. that's, I'm, I'm sorry, but that's what I, I thought I heard him say. We don't want to get kids not getting all their free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, I also liked uh, when he made the comment, um, be open to all the opportunities. Yes. Kids Absolutely. need to know that because, again, we don't discourage college, but we also speak to opportunities, other mm -hmm. opportunities to get you to your career goal. Mm -hmm. um, so and that kind of falls in line with what uh, we say about kids only being as broad as their experiences because yes. if you do the work yes. the opportunities that you have to experience new things are lay there for you but if you don't do the work those broad range opportunities kind of narrow down significantly yes which goes right into something else he said do what's best for the situation as it relates to your personal growth mm -hmm. i thought that was profound too um, have control over your goals and then go get them. I like that. Yeah. So what are the numbers on mechanical engineers? Ah, Mr. Corey is in a unique category. Mm -hmm. He's only 2.8% of that profession. That profession has a 4% growth rate over 10 years. Mm -hmm. The average salary starts out at 72K. And now here's what got me. Let me tell you how many openings. How many? 118,000 plus wow. job openings. Wow. Uh, so we could get that number of 2.8 <clears throat> mm -hmm. <laughs> because they need people. And if you think about all the industries that mechanical engineering impacts, that's wow. everything from oil refineries all the way down to construction architecture you name it it's all a lot of it's there yes building a car <clears throat> mm -hmm. building a car yeah for sure. For sure. <laughs> oh did i tell you i took mechanical uh drafting in high school we'll talk about that later <laughs> <laughs> i did i loved it i took and could make a box that could withstand 10 pounds of pressure from a weight how was that experience for i you? was excited cool. i was hyped Cool. I thought I took paper and now I can put 10 pounds on it and it stood up. Wonderful. So, um, so once again, this is, has been uh, another wisdom filled, enriched episode. Yeah. And it was good to kick off our series on college, recent college grads with Mr. Corey Beasley. We so, we so appreciate it. 
That was a wonderful one. He is so wise beyond his years, <laughs> too. I mean, mm -hmm. you're talking about a young man who's already involved in doing something for the community. Absolutely. That's huge. Uh, wanting to give something of himself at such a young age and also pursuing his financial freedom mm -hmm. at such a young age. I'm impressed. Yes. Were you impressed? Impressed. Impressed. So as we come to a close here, we want to say thank you very much for listening to this episode. Yes. And always, always know we will go deep for the culture. See you next time. You have been listening to Off the Top, where Black excellence dwells. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment below share with your friends and family, and come back for the next episode where we will continuously provide usable, tangible, life-shifting information.